This is a Polar Star Podcast. on a Murph and this is Top Tree State. This is a show that highlights the people behind the businesses of Maine's cannabis industry. This week's guest is Ben Ferry of Kind & Co. What did you think of this episode, Lee? Oh man, this episode was a lot of fun. Yeah. We were excited to have Ben in. Yeah. Uh, you had just met him and this was the first time I got to meet him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a good time to have him in here and he is super knowledgeable about all the laws and uh yeah, and he runs such a great company. So, yeah. so for him to want to take part in in a new show that we're doing, yeah, was what really meant a lot. It did mean a lot, yeah. And then he brought in some super fire GMO that we blaze throughout this episode, and we get really high, and it's a lot of fun. And then we uh, we ended up um, smoking out the studio, so it smelled so bad that in the morning Lee got a call from our landlord and. The show is no longer a smoking show after this episode. <laughs> I think you'll see why. Yeah. Um, but yeah, with no further delay, here is the interview with Ben Ferry of Kind & Co. Before we get to the interview, I wanted to let you know that we are brought to you by Polar Star Podcasts, bringing you community conversations by highlighting the people, ideas, and industries that make Maine so unique. Please visit PolarStarPodcast.com and subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. If you're interested in becoming a sponsor or creating a show of your own, email PolarStarPodcast at gmail.com or reach out through the website. Again, that's PolarStarPodcast.com. We are here with Ben Ferry today of Kind & Co. Welcome to Top Tree State. How are you doing, Ben? Good, thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, this is going to be fun. I'm glad you came in. <laughs> so let's start off at the beginning. Where How did you get involved in the cannabis industry? Um, yeah, I mean, I've been I've been smoking since high school. Yeah. Um, just as I was going into high school, I started smoking. Um, fell in love with the plant, of course. Uh, I started growing when I was like 18, 19. Um, kind of been on and off there for a while. And then when the medical market hit, I... Uh, Went through the process of getting a warehouse space. Uh, of course, got my caregiver card and everything else, registered with the state. Um, and then it's just been off and running. Um, I got like a small investment, or just raised a little bit of funds from friends and family. Um, and then from there, just reinvest as much as possible back into the business. Nice. Um, Was it difficult to go through all that p paperwork of getting uh, registered as, a, as what you are now? Um, it wasn't too, too bad, no. no. It really, I mean... It's really not bad at all, actually. The fundraising and putting, like, securing the warehouse was more difficult than just, like, filling out the paperwork. Yeah. Um, especially then. Still, the paperwork for the states was pretty easy. Um, it's fine. Like, then, especially, it was finding a landlord that was willing to rent to you. Yeah. You know, it was back then, people were like, you're fucking crazy if you want to you you grow, grow weed in my warehouse. Like, yeah. Nah, I'm, I'm all set. <laughs> so that, that jumping through... Jumping through those hoops was more difficult. Have you been in the same grow for the whole, this whole time? Uh, no, we moved. Um, yeah, we were in gray, funnily enough, where I grew up. Um, nice. We were in gray for a while. We just flew under the radar there. Um, 
we didn't ask the tash or anything like that. <laughs> and now we're at, uh, then we've been in Wyndham growing for four-ish years. Nice. And yeah. where is uh, Kind & Co.'s store located? The store is also in Wyndham. Um, it's uh, 15 Heathfoot Drive, right on 302. It's uh, next to Domino's. Nice. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, I... Um, what do we what do we want to chat about here? What's uh what's going on? What's good with Kind and Co? Uh, um, so since starting, we've uh we've been cultivating for whatever eight ish years, uh something like that. Um, and since then, um, yeah, we've expanded the grow. Um, we're currently expanding within the grow because the building we had had more rooms. Uh, so we're we're just building out to keep up with demand. And then since then, obviously the store opened, like you said, and then we also have the uh, the kitchen as well. Um, we own a small piece of that, and then uh, our baker, Miss Juicy, owns the the majority of that. Nice. Yeah. So you you guys really. Um you try to monetize all of the little parts. We were talking earlier about the trim tables that you oh, yes. had built yep. for the, collecting that. Uh, collecting Keefe. the Keefe, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was cool. Thanks. Um, yeah, we have that that piece too. That's a tough or more difficult sell where it's a, it's a higher ticket item yeah. or it's, it's all good material that goes into it and there's like a few hands that touch it along the way. So it's... It costs a bit to produce, yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, um, it's very, very well worth it. Where it's going to pay for itself, uh, pretty much after your first harvest, maybe two. Yeah. Um, and it's, I think it's a lot better than the the shit that sits in your lap. Um, right. You Those over. trim trays. Yeah. yeah exactly. Um, it's better on your back and and everything. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we we produce those as well. Nice. Uh, yeah. Those yeah. are cool. <laughs> I like that. Thanks. Um, so, uh, what is your like favorite strain to grow? Um, to to watch grow would be probably either memory loss or the ghost dog. I yeah. feel like um, memory loss. They both just well, the ghost dog's a finicky bitch, but memory loss just takes off. Um, it's just fun to just just watch grow. Hmm. Um, smoking. Both of those are up there. I usually reach for like the Elmer's glue. Um, Do you want to blaze right now? Yeah, hell yeah. I got a, a joint of your um, GMO. Okay, Kind and Co. Nice. Pre, <laughs> not pre-rolled, but pre-rolled by uh, me. Yeah, um, pre-roll. <laughs> <laughs> We're still trying to get the pre-rolls down. Uh, yeah, I, let's talk about pre-rolls. Yes. What's, <laughs> that's like, I mean, it's got to be such a pain in the ass to do pre-rolls right but like i kind of love it i as a consumer going into a store and being able to buy a couple you know pre-rolls for like a joint cruise or going somewhere or whatever you, right. you know just is it a pain in the ass to roll a, th- a thousand joints or, or what it's it's not too too bad uh some strains are worse than others um uh, we've been working on that as far as like Okay, this strain just doesn't fucking ever go to a pre-roll. It just doesn't smoke well in something like that. Yeah, because um, you were saying that the taste kind of varies sometimes. Yeah, with the pre-rolls. It, yeah, we found that. Um, we've tried to roll them a bunch of different ways, and it just doesn't. I don't know. I, I have my reservations about them. I think it just it's not a good representation of the 
the product um, as like what as much as we try to do to them. Leave them in into our care room and everything so they're in the right condition all the time. Yeah. Don't roll too many yet, you know, in advance. Right. What's um, like the shelf life on a pre roll? Is it less than a, a nugget? Because it's I think you know less dense. You you probably want to smoke that sooner than later. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think you lose the aromatics. But you know, once you've broken it up, <clears throat> I, don't, I think that it has a limited shelf life uh, after that. Versus flour, keeping it in the right conditions helps, of course. But like, it just it's, just changes everything. Uh, <coughs> a lot of times, like with pre rolls, like we're, we're just frustrated on like how the machine. Like we roll with the machine, like full disclosure. Not that that's necessarily a bad thing. I um, mean, you're a, it's a production line thing, you know. Yes, yeah. But, we can't roll 10 at a time or one at a time or anything like yeah. that. You don't um, want someone sitting there licking, you know, we've all seen that Seinfeld episode where George is, uh, you know, have you seen the Seinfeld episode where George stamps. is supposed to get married and she's like licking the envelopes <laughs> yeah. that are yeah. bad? You don't well, want to so, yeah, yeah, like pay someone to pay, lick a bunch of joints or something? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, that you know, that wouldn't be an, you an just, ideal situation. Get the cones, right? Is it the cone thing, and you just and it just sifts them in? Uh, yes, it's the um, it's like the knock box. Yeah, whatever it's called now. Uh, we can roll a hundred at a time. You just preload all the cones, and yeah, it's a it's a whole process. Um, but even that, like, it's it's not perfect. Um, I feel like a lot of the joints will, the bottoms don't pack well. So they get all loose and they just fall limp and it's just not a not a good joint. I don't feel yeah. like, yeah. Um, and even that, like we we feel like we've gotten it down to some degree where it's not going to do that. It's still just the flavor is not there, and I just don't feel like it tastes as good after you know half a joint. Whereas a lot of other strains you can roll up just by hand. Uh, yeah, they they do or they will taste good. Uh, I just. But I get it at the same time. Like it's it does serve a good purpose. And, and you do you know, sell a lot of them. We sell a fair amount of them. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> it's I mean, it's somewhat on our fault or our end too. Like we don't offer uh, grams currently, and I know that's something we're lacking on. It's just as the packaging piece. It was just if you're uh, gonna buy a gram, just buy a joint. Yeah, yeah. Although I would rather have somebody roll the joint themselves than buy the pre-roll. Yeah. Um, again, it's that convenience <laughs> piece. I think you're gonna get a better tasting product at the end of, at the, end of the day. Yeah. Um, I want I want to see like a pearl like this, like almost like a cigarette. Well, I've been told that I roll the best joints. These are really nice. Thanks. These are, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, these are really nice. This but, stuff tastes great. This is the GMO. Thank you. Yeah. Is this the GMO too? Do you want to? Sh- we can show this sure. on camera. I can blaze oh, yeah. and show it. That's right. <laughs> so tell me about this strain a little bit. Um. That particular that one, frosty as hell. Thanks. We get that. <coughs> that particular one, um, we it's not as I feel like garlicky as like the, your traditional GMO or the GMO that everyone's smoking on. Um, it's a cut that we got from a friend of ours. Uh, I don't know. It's it's pretty interesting. It does take a while to finish out. Um, Looks great. And we hadn't. I mean, I've it been reluctant great. to jump on that. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I've been reluctant to jump on like the hype train because everybody and their mother is growing GMO and washing GMO and shit like that, and that's that's all. How how do you guys go about picking what strains you want to grow? Um, do you have mothers that you've kept for a while that you like really like these strains, or do, yeah. you, do you cycle out strains often? Um, it depends on how it performs. Yeah, um, we try to pheno hunt as much as possible. Um, and find what works in our system. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't 
we try not to alter really much of anything as far as like what we're feeding and just conditions, all the things that you would. So are you popping seeds? Yes, yeah. For the most part, we're popping seeds and and pheno hunting that way. Um, And then if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it's just gone. Right. Um, And just just keep going that way. So you don't keep any mothers and just have a. a, um, We we do yes no we do Uh, but we just test and I'm just saying like we keep we we don't. We don't do like the true seed mother. Um, mm-hmm. I know folks. Uh, that's a school of thought, and that's that's one school of thought. We don't um, incorporate that into the grow. Uh, mm-hmm. What we do is just keep cloning. We will clone as long as that mother wasn't in any sort of stress. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll take a cut from there, and then we'll regenerate that way. Um, if the mother say, whatever, maybe we forgot to water the day before, we won't create a new mother off of that cloning we'll wait until the next cut when that mother is in it's in and best uh or peak <laughs> shape whatever um then we'll keep going or if the clone was tough say like that that cutting had trouble rooting for some reason um then we won't pick up a, a you know new generation mother from that clone round mm-hmm. we'll wait until it's just optimal conditions um because that so we feel as like where genetic drift comes from some folks believe that like you need the seed mother or else like genetic drift is going to happen and the further you get away from the seed mother as far as clone generations go uh the weaker the genetic line will become um but i think it's more human error not not genetic drift or genetic huh. error or whatever to call it yeah well, genetic um, drift would be like what how many how many generations of cloning do they say that that like that's for that to like kind of what the THC levels drop or yeah it, like just general lack and vigor is kind yeah. of the school of thought. Um, I'm the it's up to the grower to yeah, to like to it's really a few say, times I just yeah. say like the further we get away from that, then the more uh, genetic drift can happen or will happen. But I just don't. I think it's if you that that mother was in stress or had was under stress of some sort and you took a a clone, then yes, I think then you're gonna weaken that that. Uh, yeah that yeah natural selection but like during a time frame yeah i don't i don't uh, yeah i don't think it's over over like generations of of a uh of a clone or whatever Mm. Uh, we've we've had you know uh phenotypes in-house that we've we've had for years um and there's no loss in vigor or anything else like that yeah so we just don't we don't believe in it right that's all What's what strain has you have you guys had it the longest? <coughs> um, now it's, uh, I think now it's the Tangelope. Unfortunately, we just lost the Lemon Skunk. Oh. Uh, that one was we had around for eight years. Wow. Um, just fucked up a clone and. Really. Uh, that was that. Yeah. Huh. <coughs> so that's like a, a con of the way you guys do things there is yeah, we, that you can you could have the potential of losing this oh yeah yeah that's always always a threat in growing anything really other than like seeds that are you know really uh, i don't know like tomatoes you might not lose a variety but it's it, it'll happen in when growing weed yeah for sure yeah uh, it's always a possibility we try to have as much redundancy as possible um so before like we'll cut a mother down will make sure that at least uh, the clone has rooted, um, and maybe even there's another generation mixed in somewhere that we could, <coughs> excuse me, cut from if we needed to. So, 
we try to that's that's how we try to eliminate that from happening yeah but shit just happens along the way mm. do you guys do any uh breeding in-house we do as much as we can yeah um we have we have a ton of seeds that we've made um just from throwing shit around just to you know like we had the male pollen or we flowered the male had the pollen made the seeds in a controlled way. We didn't like run the mail in a room and just fucking do like a full seed batch. We yeah. just by hand pollinated. Um just to keep genetics around too. Like the ghost dog we have to uh so we had a male. Uh we still have the female of course and then we just yeah, we back crossed that and then just now we have it in seed stock. We've done that with orange cookies and a few other strains as far as that goes. And then we've made our a ton of our own crosses that we're now starting to uh to uh, germinate and, and bring to fruition nice um yeah yeah that 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 was always the dream like you know that from like way way back it's always like can i get something in high times and <laughs> i want to make my own fucking strain make your own strain yeah yeah cool so is there <laughs> what have you been like crossing what what have been some things that are like unique to what you've done um we'll i mean we've crossed a ton of shit basically like whatever's in-house we've tried to create some sort of cross there mm -hmm. um and then and that was like more overall just preservation just filled, filled the fridge and now um what we're germinating first is like uh what has the most uh or what's like the most opposite so find like two polar opposites and run that and that might give you the the school of thought is that that'll give you uh, something more unique than what's out there if you run like two diesel right. strains you're gonna get fucking diesel probably um and it'd be cooler to try to find something more unique at least yeah definitely um so that's what we've been doing yeah like i there's like i feel like in, there's too many strains out now that are just hybrids like yeah i like I feel like the isn't there like it's so hard to get like a hundred percent uh sativas or indicas, right? At this point, yeah. yeah. I mean for what's are like easily available, you'd have to go to like you know, because we're talking Afghanistan about like or... land race strains, exactly, right? Exactly. Like those um yeah, you'd like have region to go to the tropics specific. or if yeah, like I said, yeah. Afghanistan, like the mountain regions have like your indicas and then the tropics are more sativa uh dominant strains. But yeah, then you have to go into these like super remote places to yeah to get shit and that's yeah, not the easiest not, to yeah. do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, at this point it's all uh it's yeah, heavy heavy hybridization. But like some strains will lean in certain like, you know, uh, into indica or lean into yeah. sativa. So but when you're doing like the that. pheno hunting, you can like kind of go into that polarization where you're leaning constantly towards a direction, maybe. And exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. It yeah. takes it takes a while. Yeah, uh, I'm not, and I'm not even that well versed in it. I'm not at all like a breeder. Don't. Yeah. <laughs> We're just. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Um, but I mean, I understand the basics. Yeah, and, like I understand selection and shit like that, and that and how that works. But then for us, it's really just. Uh, uh, the and then genetic the, preservation, just like keeping yeah. shit around. And then you gr get to grow it, and then you get to see it, you know, yeah, smoke it. Yeah, yeah, yes. There's that yeah. piece for yeah. sure. But I'm not trying to like sell seeds or create any sort of right. like that. It's just for our, uh, and like I'll dole some out to homies and and whatever. But yeah, yeah. it's mostly just for us to just. So it seems like you guys have a lot of different strains on your shelves. We do, yeah. Because um, that that does makes you guys. Uh, does that help business a lot uh, with having a 
wide variety. Yes, yes. It does for what I'm seeing is like that's good to have with a store. I guess it'd be good to to be wholesaling to a store, but what happens if the consumer doesn't like half of your or like it's only like a small amount of consumers like half of your your inventory or whatever, your strain base or whatever, your stable. Um, that's not ideal for the wholesale market because guys are going to be like, well, I want the diesel strain, but I don't want like the fruit shit yeah. or something like that. So now it's harder to sell product, but where I have a store, now the, the more strains I can put on the shelf, the better, the faster shit's going to sell. So that's, it's cool. And I, I need to have that bigger, uh, you know, strain base or whatever. Um, so no, it's, it's, I, it's good. It's it's definitely good. I mean, I enjoy it because I can have, you know, we just were able to have like hazy shit and, you know, some more berry shit. And we have like a bunch of different variety that, you know, I choose from to smoke on. So yeah. I like that. Yeah. Having variety is great. <laughs> yeah. I love having variety. Of, yeah. We only have the GMO to smoke today, but I'm pretty baked at this point. So let's, uh, let's take a quick break. Okay. And uh, we'll be right back with Top Free State. All right. <laughs> back top tree state with ben from kind and co ben's rolling up another joint of the gmo this stuff is great um so let's talk more about kind and co what is like the future looking like for the store um we got rec coming up are you guys planning to have uh a rec store um yes so we're working on that right now um the state still has a little ways to go uh covid was uh kind of threw a wrench in those plans um but i know they're working on it so we'll see um and then we also needed some municipalities to come online which we're starting to see now uh portland has passed their rules and windham and a few others are coming online uh portland and windham where where we're hoping to operate um i said our stores in windham currently on the medical side um we're in the correct zone uh for Adult use retail, and we've applied uh, for a store there. Uh, our grow is good too for for cultivation uh, or for adult use cultivation. Uh, so, but Wyndham's only allowing two stores for adult use, and there are seven applications in right now. So we'll see. It's a competitive application process for scored and all this other stuff. So, really? um, yeah, we'll figure that out in like a, a couple months, a month or two. Uh, Portland, we're hoping for a, a store license there. Is that every uh, town has those that different? Uh, is it like a limited amount of people that they let to do, put in applications? It's up to the municipality. At the end of the day, like uh, they have to decide. So you go to the state, <clears throat> you apply at the state level, and you get your conditional license, and then you take that and you go to the to municipality, and you know hope. Hopefully they have what you want. Like as far as like, so it's at the end of the day, like I said, it's up to the municipality to decide like how much, if any, they want to allow of like cannabis uh, business in their in their town or whatever. So they can say like yes to just cultivation. They can say yes to all of it. They can say no to all of it. Um, and by or they can just do nothing. And by doing nothing, they basically say no to all of it. 
until they say yes uh, or no. <laughs> um, so uh, they decide. Like South Portland, wide open. There's no cap on um, on retail stores or any really cannabis business. Um, and then Portland has a proposed cap of, or no, excuse me, not a proposed. Uh, they have a cap of, of 20 stores right now as it stands. Uh, and we have a petition that's now actually in the November ballot uh, to remove the cap on stores. Mm. Um, we've secured a, a building and everything, and I uh, feel like we have a good chance just even in that first round, but yeah, um, it'd be nice to, to see it open up for... If you want to open a store in a year, you should be able to. If you're like, I want to open just like a fucking sativa store, yeah, uh, then... Fuck yeah, do it. Um, you should have the opportunity to do it if you can meet all the other criteria that, you know, would you, there, but Wait a second. You would open a store with just sativas? I don't know. I mean, if that's what you wanted to do, then <laughs> <laughs> if that was your specialty, I think that could be kind of that a good niche a if thing. that's what you yeah. worked. Yeah. If you own the sativa store and the indica store down the street, you could really... Uh, that's a good that's idea, like a, yeah. Huh, yeah. Huh. Hit them against each other and make some drama and shit, but you own the, just that. I'd yeah, be interested to see about who goes to what store. Like, how many, what store does better? <coughs> you know? All the young kids go to the Indica store, the old people go to the Sativa is store. Is that how it is? Yeah. That's That's how, <laughs> is that how you see when people buy your product to them? No, <laughs> um, sometimes, but I mean, no, it's, it's all what you're looking to get out of it, you know? Yeah. Uh, is it pain management or, or something like that? Or. Uh, do you need to like function still during the day? Where does pain management lie on the sativa indica scale? Uh, it leans into the indica side for sure, for sure. <laughs> See, yeah, I feel like that's that you know, it's a it's very vague the the, the pendulum of indica to sativa feelings. Yeah, it's, I <laughs> I don't know. really I try not to use it. It's I use it. Use it in the store a lot. Yeah. Um, and I've started to separate. I almost have five now. Um, I have Sativa, Sativa Hybrid, Hybrid, Indica Hybrid, Indica. Oh. Um, that's nice. You broke it down into more sections. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Uh, I feel like it helps. It does help. It's, um, it's a good guide. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's yeah. That, that's all it should be used for, I think. Um, it's more to me, it's like, how does it affect you? Yeah. Uh, some shit, like, just knocks people out where, like, it can keep me awake all night. So it's not, as we, as you said, things are, you know, so hybridized, hybridized at this point. It's it's up to you, I feel like. Like, I can tell you if it's, like, a sativa leaner or not. And that's why I've started to, like, uh, put that on the display cards and, and wherever else we're describing it. But, uh, yeah, that's... Like I said, I think it's that's like more appropriate or, or more accurate for folks nowadays. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I like that nowadays. So you can when you're like ordering or looking through uh, like a weed maps or stuff. It it really has all the um, pros and cons that come would come with the specific strain. I like that. Like they've. It's come so far. Oh yes. You know what I mean. I remember smoking weed, but 15 years ago. And we didn't. I didn't know what a terpene was. Right. Or like you know that It's come so far. It's crazy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It actually. Yeah. It's 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 insane to to have watched it all and to be a part of it all. Um, yeah. For sure. <laughs> um, and that's that's what we'll pitch more to folks. Not even pitch, but just try to uh, educate them on is is terpene profile. Mm-hmm. Um, and looking at that versus indica sativa hybrid. Right. I um, think that's a better system because you're going with. 
the terpenes themselves are what's um, driving the actual high. Yeah, basically. Yeah, or what they yeah the entourage effect, but yeah, just drive. Like, it's like what entourage effect? Yeah, you never heard. Of that. No, I've never heard of this. What is that? <laughs> That's just what like the high is. What you experience, hmm. whatever the euphoria, whatever it is that that you go through. Um, that's that's the entourage effect, and like terpene profile drives that feeling, hmm. that high. Um, yeah, that's why I could like they'll say like a smoke like uh, take a like a rosin gummy or like a, a full spectrum gummy versus a distillate gummy or like a distillate cart versus like right. a live resin cart. Right. Distillates up like <clears throat> in my experience, at least distillates going to pretty much always give you the same high mm-hmm. um, because you've lost really that true terpene profile. You don't have right. anything that's full spectrum there. It's all just I don't want to say manufactured, but um, it's just baseline, it's most basic form. Yeah, to, one molecule. So you're really only getting. Uh, yeah, I don't, yeah, right? yeah. Um, I don't remember exactly, but I just know <laughs> that like once you get into like the more full spectrum side of things, that's yeah, you, when you do yeah, have the, like the when you have a full terpene profile. profile from that plant, then it's going to be uh, a much different high than what it would be with just distillate, like raw distillate. Yeah. Um, and that's what we'll try to educate people more on. And like again, at the end of the day, it's still how does it affect you? Like, how do you feel? Um, yeah, because some strains just they have, everyone's affected differently by it. So it's just kind of like start small, and then you can increase from there. Like with edibles, it's always like you can eat more, you can't eat less. Yeah, you know, with weed, just take a hit and chill for a minute, and just yeah. like. You're not. It's not going to be like some like overblown high if you don't just like just keep chief in the joint and then be like, oh shit, that was too much. Just yeah. start slow, <laughs> start slow, and go from there. Um, yeah, and just yeah, right. If you kind of already know you're prone like to anxiety or a little bit racy in general, then don't go with like a, a full blown sativa. Yeah. Um, go with something kind of in the middle if you don't want you know that couch locked effect. Yeah. Couch lock effect. Yeah. That's what I go for. I love indica. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to yeah. be as stone as possible. Yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah. yeah. You already know that. So that's I would what you only go, go for, to the indica that's... store. I would ne- <laughs> never go to the, never find me at the sativa store. <laughs> Maybe once in a while for like a nice flavorful daytime joint. But yeah. I would go in for pre rolls. All right. To the sativa right. store. Not good taste. Sure. Good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's actually probably not a good idea. I don't know. My my thoughts are all over the place here right now. <laughs> that GMO, I guess <laughs> it is, dude. What is that? Should we smoke more? Yeah, hell yeah. I'm down. Where'd that lighter go? Um. So let's talk more about uh the rec market and things coming up with that. Um, because that's gonna change so much for Maine when uh, we get rec. Um. Uh, you think like we're gonna get um, a crazy like a lot more tourism up here for, from that, or people like moving here? Um, a little bit like, of everything. We saw there. Denver, like Colorado, like blew up as soon as it was like you know people just moved there in hordes. <laughs> Should we smoke around? I just like like I'll just light this one. We already smoked, but we're it's still COVID time, so I guess you know. No, it's yeah. Just, there's two <laughs> we now. We have so plenty of smoke, joints. Right. So <laughs> All right, cool. Um, it'll be it's already happening as far as like the tourism piece goes. Yeah. You know, because Maine Maine accepts uh, any out of state med card. They do. Yeah, that's yeah. good knowledge. As long as you have a matching state ID, so you can have like a Cali Med card with a New Jersey ID, 
and and use it. It has to be like New Jersey Med Card, New Jersey ID. Um, but you're, we're still uh, we still allow it's re- yeah we're we are a reciprocal state, uh, so we allow that. So, so that's our, we're already getting that with the tourism. Yes, yeah, especially uh, since COVID hit, um, you're seeing it a lot more. Um, you saw a lot of folks that were in like a rec market, say like in Massachusetts, jump over to Med uh, because all the rec stores closed. Uh, so we saw an increase there, and then you're just we were starting to see it anyways as more you know patients came into uh, the system in different states. Yeah. Um, so you're, yeah, like I said, you're already seeing it, but I know that there's tons of people that are still just waiting for it to go full rec. Right. Um, so if you guys get approved, are you going to have a separate location for that <coughs> apart um, from your medical store? We'll, f- we'll figure that out. The goal right now is to go, um, just into the rec market. Um, it's, it's very expensive to grow both under the same roof or to operate under the same roof just as far as the process and like the the rules and everything is uh, there the, was is there more rules go, that go along with the rec with growing for rec than uh growing for med um it's just more there's more paperwork basically and yeah they're a little bit more i, I don't want to say strict but it's just there's just you have to keep both very separate huh. um versus like it's just more difficult under the same roof so like i couldn't like take like which makes sense i'm not like it is what it is but like i couldn't take like a cut from gmo on the that's a rec plant and just like walk it over and now it's in the medical side so Even like if it's your own in within your own grow yeah it's yeah there's a very fine line there why so, do they do that is there a reason for it a tracking you know mostly Pretty much, yeah. It's yeah. just all tracking, and they're just both separate programs, so that you got to keep them separate. Um, so, and it just, it just, it's logistically, it's easier to have them separate. Yeah. Uh, so, what we'll do if everything works out, we'll enter the rec market with our current grow, um, and then we will look for a uh, another medical, probably smaller uh, grow for that, um, and then we'll just see how the licensing shakes out. Like Wyndham, you know, Wyndham's kind of up in the air. Nobody really knows. Yeah. Um, I feel like there's some strong applications in there. So it's going to be an interesting process for sure, where there's only two stores that are going to be allowed. Um, Portland, we'll see. I feel like Portland will vote for cannabis at the in November. So I think that'll pass. Yeah. Um, and like I said, like I, f- I feel more confident because I think there's only. If you count, there's I think it's floating around 25, maybe 30 applications um, in Portland right now. Uh, so we'll, I, I'm just more confident there. Yeah. So the, the the grow would, would feed the Portland store, say, and then uh, then we would uh, hopefully get Wyndham, and if not, then we would just get a medical facility and feed that because we're grandfathered in Wyndham. Um, so and on the medical side of things. Nice. Got it all planned out. Uh, yeah, you have to. Yeah, you have to look at like what you got going on and try to figure it out from there. Yeah, it's all. Um, I mean, this whole industry has just been like one day at a time. It seems like very much so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The what? Uh, what else have you seen changed other than like the laws that? And we talked about breeding too, like and like extracts and stuff. You guys got to be making extracts or have people making extracts for you? Yeah, I guess you could say a little bit of both. We just press like the tables that you're talking about. <clears throat> we press the sift from that. 
Um, and then we send out uh, trim to have processed into different types of concentrates. Yeah. Um, whether it's distillate, let's say for edibles, or, uh, you know, like loud resin, mm. uh, things like that. And then we'll source through other folks for like, you know, hash rosin or diamonds or all the like sugar and all the other fucking things that are out there. Yeah. <laughs> so many options. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and I, I love what that we, you just came on here and we were just smoking joints because that's, that's it, my style. I don't really like, I don't, I want to be taking dabs, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I'll dab the try product and I, I enjoy it and everything. This um, is a joints only show. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, I mean, I smoke like 95 of, 95% of the way I consume. I thought you were going to say 95 joint. joints a day. Yeah, no, that'd be, that'd be insane. That'd be impressive. I might get in trouble driving. But. Yeah. But oh, no, it's, it's, so it's everyone, if we can park on Portland for a second, everyone's freaking out about, uh, not everyone, the opposition to removing the cap is uh, very concerned about uh, there being like this like flood of stores and then it's just going to, squeeze the small guy out um and things like that um like the walmarts are coming and shit um and they're just worried about 500 stores opening up and everything else where it's it's just not the case and you're already starting to see it uh like i had mentioned with south portland there's no cap on on retail stores or really cannabis uh they've had cap is because they're trying to prevent like a walmart's from moving in uh no like no, supposedly, or the the opposition school of thought is that the cap helps keep Walmart out. Out. Uh, which, I mean, I can see where they're coming from, but that's not completely true. So the the right now, like like with the cap in Portland, the the deck is stacked in favor of those with, uh, uh, far like. The deck is stacked in like the side of big business, basically, mm-hmm. uh, like wellness and places like that. Like uh, they go as far as like there's six points in one of the the categories on Portland's application of operating in a highly regulated industry, such as marijuana, banking, liquor, liquor, etc. Uh, and then in the application, they go as far to exclude a caregiver from being in that category. Uh, so dispensaries are the only marijuana business that you could uh, be in. Uh, to get those points. So that, to me, kind of sucked. Um, and I thought that was kind of a crock of shit. And there's a few other ones that are in there, um, speaking candidly. But uh, I just felt like it it, it, it took uh, opportunity out of the smaller guy's hand. Um, and people were freaking out, like I said, about like 500 stores opening up where South Portland has no cap. Uh, and they've seen, they have 26, I think, store uh, application uh, for licenses in right now. So it's it's not good. But all these license applications are from like s- small business grows, right? Most of them, not all of them. I won't name names, but there's some there's still like big business is gonna happen, but it was going to anyways, regardless yeah. of cap or not. Um that's that was just like matter of factly. Like it's it was already there. Do you Portland think was that gonna see it? How like drives their decision on uh who they're gonna allow in is uh what these companies have in their background um that that will yeah they make you submit that so that's going to go into like uh that's going to go in like their school of thought or whatever but uh <laughs> they're gonna they're definitely going to take that into consideration however like as long as like you reach like or you're in the proper zone and you meet all the other like certain standards um then you should be able to operate your business um if there's no cap then that's just 
you know, like they're they're less concerned about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And with zoning, there's essentially a cap, anyways. Like Portland's, they have setbacks now. It's going to be uh, they're still going to be uh, with the new measure. If it passes, the stores will be 100 feet apart from each other, and you have to still follow like all the other setbacks from schools and be in the business zone and and everything else. So it's business is going to still be limited and then fucking with how hard it is to find retail space in Portland to cap it is just uh I don't think it's gonna be I don't think it'd be good for the market yeah I don't either cool well I think that about wraps it up do you want to plug kind and co at all a little bit here at the end and uh tell people where you're at and yeah uh yeah uh we're currently in uh 15 Heathwood Drive in Wyndham Maine um, we have a small retail store there. Um, you can buy our edibles, merch, uh, flour, and other products. And then we're currently working on a store uh, in the Woodfords uh, area in Portland. Nice. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you coming in. Same. Uh, Thanks, man. Everybody that comes on the show gets a, a gift at the end of the show. Um, I got you this VHS copy Sick. of Half Baked. Thank you. Yeah. I'll it's, put that in the store. It's nice. It's kind of, it's got the funky double color. Hell yeah, it's, it's one of my favorites, man. Hell yeah, awesome. I appreciate it. Yeah, Thank you. Thank you for coming <laughs> on the show. For sure, anytime. Anytime.